can't wait. <laughs> We're getting ethereal. Welcome. Are you feeling it? The beat better kick in or I'm not feeling <laughs> anything. Hey, listen. Come on. Feel the wave, listeners. Oh my God. Together. Help me. Put your lighters up. Put your lighters up. <laughs> I've been Fetzer. taking over. Yeah. I'm taking over. Yeah. <laughs> Keep those lighters flowing. Here it comes. Here it comes. I think this, is <laughs> this song came out and I don't know what it is. Um, don't lose your Red Bull. Oh, you just lost a little Red bit. Bull. Just a little bit of Red Bull. <laughs> Hi oh guys, I just spilled my Red Bull. My name is Daniel Mint, and I'd like to welcome you to the Burning Down the House podcast. Burning everything down, including our <laughs> eardrums today. As I just said, my name is Daniel, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Austin and Josh. Yep, that's us. You oh, s- sorry. I, <laughs> Hi, Josh. I was You're really, here, too. That was oh, asleep on that one. I'm going to go back there. I'm, I'm f- going back to sleep. Rewind. <laughs> um, yeah. What up, everybody? Thanks yeah. for joining and listening. Yes, thank you. It's um, I was looking at the so between so we had that podcast that we came back fucking no holds barred, no right? holds barred. And baby. That came, I looked when I uploaded the one last week's podcast. Uh, three men talking about Nintendo for thirty five minutes. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a month between eight and nine. Oh, really? And I do, it does not feel it like feel that like was that a month. All. For, um, the summer's flown by. For context, since we've since we've kind of switched away from tech, I feel like I want to give new listeners a reminder. We are three guys working in an office together, and this podcasting table is in the middle of our office. Yeah. So when when, when this is not happening, there's a million other things happening. So yep. it's it's easy for time <clears throat> to go by without realizing like, oh, we haven't sat at the table. Right. But it's always a good time to get back to the table. The table is the best. Yeah. Yeah. But we also do it, I feel like, when we want to do it, which yeah. makes our quality better. Yeah, we ain't forcing nothing here. Yeah. We're not forcing ourselves to sit down at this damn thing and go, oh my gosh, we got to put out another episode. I don't think we have the patience <laughs> for that. I need to put this out. I need to get 20 million YouTube views. Yeah, we would definitely start saying some terrible things <laughs> if it was Probably. like something that we didn't want to do. Because 90% of the time we say terrible things when we're not sitting at this mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. sometimes we do it while we're sitting at this table too why not 90 percent only though you know what another 10 you know you know know what's a trend that i've been seeing on podcasts what podcasters have been saying some just downright awful shit on their podcast and then bleeping it not like bleeping curse words like like you'd think of like cable tv but bleeping like like i don't even know you don't know what they're saying it's almost kind of beautiful it's like hmm. maybe they're saying a name. Maybe they're calling someone a terrible name. Who knows what they're saying? They just know it's unacceptable. Well, it's Do like, you think are they actually bleeping or they're just going bleep? Then they did that last Saturday and then bleep and then no, they're definitely actually bleeping. They're just bleeping. Well, at least mm. the podcast I watch are actually bleeping it because you mm. can like I watch the video version of their podcast and like you can see oh, right, them right, like right, all right. have a reaction like holy shit, dude, he just said some he fucking said, wild. He thing. just said some wild things. <laughs> I don't know if that's okay. What happened? <laughs> Um, it's always the best. What who, what do you listen to? Uh, Joe Budden's podcast oh, is Joe my Budden, number one right. favorite. If anyone is looking for a podcast and you don't mind very loud <laughs> news about rap, um, that's the podcast. It's the best one ever. They are currently renegotiating with Spotify. They are nice. signed to Spotify. And um, for a long time, they were like the number one podcast on Spotify outside of like Crime Junkie and like 
like NPR, like the ones that aren't that they're going to get numbers because they, they are who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and since they've started renegotiating their podcast deal, all of a sudden they're number 19 on Spotify. <laughs> oh, wow. And so that's been a topic of conversation on their podcast is like, how the hell <laughs> do we go from they do about 500,000 to a million a day on their episodes, grief, which for podcasting, really? that's nuts. That's insane. That's Joe Rogan numbers. Yeah, I was going to say like, that's, that's, that's big. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's been fun listening to like a, you know, like negotiating with these major companies for podcast deals is kind of like a new thing. Right. And a lot of the uh, companies are treating it like it's a record deal. So um, for people that don't know, in a standard record deal, like your favorite rapper is probably getting like a three to five album deal. So let's say Warner Music goes, all right. We're going to give you $3 million up front, and you're going to give us five albums over five years. They're expecting to recoup like 10, 20 to $30 mil off, off the discography. Yeah. Mm. And they're trying to do the same thing with podcasts, but it's by episodes. Because mm. roughly a podcast episode is typically the same length as an album. But that doesn't okay. work <laughs> at all. No, not at all. Just because the nature of the content's different. And so it's fun watching people try to navigate the business of this space as it's so new. Because as they're navigating, they're really forming it. The, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to say, they're making... Con- yeah, okay. They're, it's too new. Yeah, it's just like what, we haven't figured out what we're going to do yet. Like 50, 100 years. I don't even know how long it ex- has existed. And, and Hundreds of years? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Probably I 100 think like, at least. Oh, for sure 100. I think... I'm going to go with 100. We don't need to know. It yeah, doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. Um, a long time. But yeah. there's been a major shakeup in record labels recently in nobody knows what a stream is worth. Like, legit. Hmm. Like, if you go to the head of the labels and ask them, like, what's a stream <clears throat> worth? And then you go ask an artist what's a stream worth. And you go right. ask the engineer what the stream is worth. The stream is not... There's no, like... It doesn't seem like there's a baseline for, like, what is this worth to okay so let's say you streamed a song 45 because you can stream your whole album can stream 200 something million times and you still might not go like platinum Hmm. like because it doesn't equate to out there's like an algorithm of streams to albums sold because they're still using that algorithm so that's how you place that's how you get your your plaques is by album sold but if i go through and listen to each song of an album once that does not count as an album sale Counts huh. as a stream for each song. Well, why doesn't it? Why wouldn't? Well, that's interesting. I think that's weird. It's crazy to not count it. Like it would make sense to me because to they found out because the record labels, if they tell the artist that this doesn't count as a sale, oh. they don't have to pay the artist for a sale. Oh, they get all of is. the eyes that's, and they get all of the sense. ears and they get all the advertising revenue, and then they tell the artist, "Well, you need to you need to stream your album 250 million times before we even acknowledge that you did God. something." No, it's awful. <laughs> right now is the single worst time to make money making music. Wow. And that's why you'll see no all kidding. the high-profile acts right now. They're all getting into franchising food places, and they're getting into owning huh. different companies and getting into investing and clothing lines and all that stuff. Nobody's putting their like attention into music because there's not money to be made. The music is an avenue to get the audience to bring to your other platform. That's crazy. That's why we just saw in the rap world, and I know this isn't like neither one of you guys really care much, but um, there's a rapper named Logic, and I don't like him very much. I think his music's kind of bad, but he's very popular. (laughs) And um, he just released an album called Under Pressure, and he announced that it's going to be his last album. And he's not like an old artist, Hmm. um, but we're seeing an uptick. Um, J. Cole seems to be hinting at retirement. As Hmm. people realize, like, okay, so I can go make... Two million in a year, working so hard 
to make this album and put it out and do press and do a whole tour and be away from my family for half the year or I can take the money I made in music invested and make the same make, amount and yeah, just be with my kid. With my like they're all just and, like, oh, yeah. So we're gonna see either a. I think hot take from Daniel. We're either gonna see a stoppage of work, where people are like, okay, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna do this because I, hmm. there's no point, and the record labels will have to change, or we'll see an implosion of the music industry as we know it, and it'll have to be something else. Yeah. Because as of right now, nobody's making enough money to like sustain what's happening. That's, yeah, it's interesting. Wow, I didn't. I kind of blowing my mind honestly <laughs> oh i come from that generation where like you know back in my day it was a lot of jam band stuff dave matthews band whatever fish all that wonderful music was yeah. kind of the main i would say it's more of the mainstream popular stuff and that and grunge and all yep. that crap so um those were artists and they were very we were all like buying cds and dvds yep. <laughs> you know that's how old i am but you know to see it go from that and then I thought streaming was like pretty awesome because I started streaming, you know, being a tech guy, I was doing nerdy stuff before it was popular. Yep. And then like kind of trend setting the doing, you know, Plex or just trending or streaming off of like a home server in some fashion. I don't even remember what I used to use. There's so many different things I tried using. And um, then going from that and then seeing Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube Music and what else? I don't remember all the other ones, but, you know, Google Play, whatever. Title, all that Tidal, stuff. Yeah. thing, SoundCloud. Like, seeing those streaming services and you're basically telling me what, what I thought was awesome is killing the industry. So That's, like, what I just heard you say. It's so like, holy cow. The, the crushing reality of it is it is amazing for consumers. Right. It right. revolutionized the accessibility to music. And right. also who can put it out. Hmm. So it hurts the top end. It hurts the big, big, big acts because they're hmm. not getting the same record sales that they would have when everyone was running to the store. That's where you make your, right. all your money. Well, now you make all your money touring. I was going to say, I thought it was a trended the last 20 years where it was touring. I remember reading that because I remember reading about one of the, I used to listen to Dave, big, be a big Dave Matthews um, fan. Um, and he was making just like compared to album sales, they were making money like hand over fist. Was that deeper into his uh, into his career or earlier? Mid. So it's mid. Sometime in the last like fifteen, mm-hmm. there was a shift where I mean that's kind of as downloading music kind of became. That's yeah, about right. the time right. frame. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. A bunch of older acts were like, okay, I'm going to sell twenty thousand copies and. It's different. Like you, you got to think about who's. If I'm Dave Matthews band, if I'm the right, Dave Man- right. Matthews, and I'm Dave Matthew, I'm gonna be like, all right, yo, I got my band that I gotta pay. I gotta pay. Right. The, I gotta pay the manager fifteen percent. I gotta pay the label whatever their cut is. We gotta pay the A and R. We gotta do this. Yep. Once you chop that all down, the bands get screwed because yeah, there's nothing. so many people to right. feed and do right. all the things in that band. Right. And so you saw a big trend of all the older acts that were kind of later in their career and they had the discography to tour off of, just go to straight touring mode. We're going to tour a third of the year, make all of our money in that period of time, be home for the rest of it. Hmm. And that's that's very common. It's really common in rap because it's a, usually a one-man thing. Right. And I can go out and sell these shirts yeah. and do these shows and go make $20 yeah. million in a summer. Like right. I'm, Nobody's right. going to say no to that. <clears throat> right. Um, but it, it is interesting how that has affected, one, the quality of music coming out. Because people try to play the streaming game. So now what you're seeing is more new albums are longer with shorter songs. 
because the way the algorithm works, if people are listening to your whole album over and over again, that's going to shoot up. It's going to it's going to go. Oh, people really like this. Let's show it to their friends. Whatever. Versus if you put out like the really artsy concept album that's two hours long and it's four songs, like you know, Yes used to do that, like those kind of bands. That does not. It doesn't do well at all anymore. Wow. And so those artists have had to shift to like, okay, where's the money? Where can I still get my creative integrity off? That's so weird. That's so... It's like bite-sized everything now. Everything... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a nugget. Yep. It's like a chicken nugget of music. Yeah. Like, as an analogy coming to come in my head about it. You know good. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I call, I'm only going to eat this one thing instead of like the whole meal. It's microwave music. Right. That's what... It's that's instant what, uh, gratification, dopamine yeah. rush, all that crap. Like, it's a whole nine yards. And it's, it's amazing. And people huh. want the next album so quick now right. yeah. that it's it's not even feasible. It used to be that you could put out an album and then take two years to make the next album and get the whole thing designed. A lot of people think that when, you, when a musician makes an album, it is a matter of, okay, I made the music... I'm done. Right. And right. that's not tr- true. You got to think of the rollout. You got to get all mm-hmm. the all the um, distribution behind it. Right. And it all depends on what your deal is. If you're Drake, that's mm-hmm. handled for you. You you give enough of your cut away because you're making enough to where you have never thought about that. Right. If you are somebody smaller, you're probably independent. You're probably dealing with A to Z of the entire process. God. Yeah. And so it's just yeah. such a... It it's a crazy industry. It is a very crazy industry. Yep. I think I'll stick to tech. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think I'll stick to that. You're not going to gonna start rapping? Hey, I'm not. No. Well, that <laughs> that's usually part of the issue. I'm like a nerdy white guy, but yeah, fair. Um, not that nerdy white guys couldn't rap. Actually, it probably is a probably a bad stereotype to even imply that. If any but, of the white people do <laughs> you know, rap, like, the nerdy uh, ones typically do it right. the best. I, I know, will give them that. Say, like they probably thought about it a lot, but you know, like. I don't, I don't have like you know. I'm in my 40s. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have that level of angst anymore. Well, and care. there's a level of energy. So like, all three of us are musically inclined to some extent in this room. Yeah. You yeah. play guitar. Josh plays guitar. Me and Austin produce music. Um, I come from an audio engineer background. Right. And I it's think awesome. all three of us collectively would say like, I don't think depending on making music for my main income is something that I have any desire no. or like no. I'm going to be making it to the day I die because I love it. Right. But the people that are willing to say like, I'm going to put everything on my art. Right. That we're going to, that's, that's a lot. Ballsy. That's a that's lot. Ballsy. Yeah. I don't like that amount of pressure on the creative process there. Nah. Like that's kind of like, that's I'm not going to say it's stupid. Because you know no, they, it is it is great that they can do that, but yeah, I don't. I problem. like having that kind of level of freedom and right. casual, right. like casualness when I'm making stuff. Yeah. I don't want to worry about my paycheck when I'm painting on a canvas. Like, fuck no, that. no, and and that's that's and, hard. That's just hard for everybody. I mean, that's what pushed me away from that industry because my hmm. one of my initial goals in college when I took this like survey of the music industry was I wanted to go be an A and R for Sony. And an A and R, it's artist relations. Okay. So it's kind of like the guy that, like, let's say, let's say I got a Kanye record, and I think that just this is gonna be funny for the current time because they're beefing. But I'm like, Drake needs to be on this Kanye record. It's gonna be right. the greatest. We're gonna sell millions of copies. It's the A and R's job to go to Drake and be like, Hey, we got this record that we're working on. Let's facilitate this in a way you're producing. 
because you're taking concepts of ideas of media right, yeah. and then you're facilitating it. Yeah, that makes but sense you don't to have me. to has you don't have to have you're not as much of the creative role. Okay, it's like a business creative hybrid role, yeah. and I thought that was going to be like really cool. Yeah, but you learn more about it, and it's like this sucks. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> that goes into those positions, they leave to and they go do something else because yeah. it just sucks. Sucks the life out of you, probably dealing with people. And artists are needy too. A lot of humanity is needy, but like artists are extremely usually on that yeah. kind of gauge. They're a lot higher. Than well, a lot of the person. time you're dealing with someone who's so creative, especially right. when you get That's to the what, successful, successful artists. Yeah. They're usually in a bubble of creativity where trying to reason with them, it's yeah. usually like, well, I want to put a whole orchestra. Well, you can't afford a whole orchestra. <laughs> well, my artistic integrity calls for the right. orchestra. It's You know what like, I mean? No. There's a lot of that. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, it's um hard no. I don't even like hearing that. Like, is it a soft no? Is it a maybe? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just being ridiculous. Um, like soft no. Soft no. And it's a maybe. This is my late night DJ voice. <laughs> Um, Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. To, I don't know. I didn't mean to go so deep. deep into the music that industry. That's deep. Um, I think that people. Right. I think that's something that people enjoy, though. I think that's something that people want to learn more about, but they don't know how to learn more about it. Yeah, I think. I yeah. I mean, it's. I find it intriguing. Of course, we're all mu- like you said, musically inclined. Yeah. So maybe you know, I didn't those know that you aren't much of be. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing for like since I was 19. That's awesome. So just picked it up. My grandfather was fiddle player and was pretty amazing at it so i probably should have picked that up i i'm guessing there's probably untapped raw talent i could have had maybe it's past i don't know but he also played guitar but i've always i always enjoyed the acoustic electric's all right it's all right for me but acoustic (laughs) is where i really get get going i started learning on an electric guitar which was a mistake yeah, because it's so much easier to learn on an acoustic, and that scared me away from the guitar mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Yeah, then I got yeah. an acoustic, and I learned like the basics. Yep. I'm by no means good at playing a guitar, but I Whatever. understand that I know most of the chords to some extent. Right. And I can yeah. play it, yeah. but when I learned about kind of down the line of like my audio days i learned about like signal routing and signal processing yeah and all those different like effect pedals and stuff for guitars and the way you can make a guitar sound like anything is Mm -hmm. so cool to me that's awesome like i i have to stop myself sometimes from like going out and buying effect pedals because i'm like okay you have no use for this yeah i never (laughs) i didn't expand my guitar collection i probably won't until we make our transition but once we do that, I, I had always intended on growing that a bit more. Just like have a few more guitars like yeah. at, at my disposal. I always thought Martins were pretty nice, and um, I forget all the brands. Taylor, I always yeah. like those too. I worked um, with a dude that had like a beautiful Taylor acoustic, and yeah. it sounded just amazing. Rit, it's something they do. I don't I don't know the. That's actually one thing I would love to learn how to do is how to not. I'm not saying I want to become a professional luther at all, but yeah. like a guitar luther that could create like one if i could have one huh. kind of masterpiece in my life for myself not yeah. even for anybody else 100 like, you know what i mean like i want to build a guitar like that a would good be friend cool, of ours does you know? that a good friend of ours that you have heard me talk about a couple times xander yeah he um he wanted to be a luthier and he can like me and him worked on a custom bass oh yeah um he knows all that kind of stuff he knows a lot of the electronic routing for all the pickups and stuff he's really okay. talented with that now he's building guitar pedals actually oh, no kidding. he just made one it's a fuzz wah, and it <laughs> he he did something when he was messing with the wires that if you take like the TRS connector and plug and touch it to your hand, yeah. you'll hear the radio. 
and oh. you are the, the tuner. Conductor. So to each oh, different tuner, person, okay. it's a different station. That's insane. It's so cool. <laughs> um, and that's interesting. I will actually update this podcast. He's going to be selling them one day, and I'll drop the link. Yeah, my but, well. uh Yeah, they sound really good. I was shocked at how good it. He brought it over. He brought over a prototype, and I plugged it into Logic, and I just ran something through it to just see the sound. It sounds great. Yeah, I was shocked at what he. That's awesome. In such a short period of time, he went from learning about guitars to like, what if I just made a pedal real quick and just can make That's one? That's amazing. People that have that ability, that like mm-hmm. the fabrication ability, I don't have that. Yeah, I can research and I can learn about it and I can teach people about yeah. it. But once it, but there's there's a subset of the society that goes, I want to make this, and they go learn it, and then all of a sudden next week they're like, hey, they're look what I made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of one of those things where if I if I could come up, it's uh. A lot of the projects that are the small, like IoT development, Raspberry Pi, those yeah. types of things, like those, I love that stuff. And like using like light and sound effects with, you know, small like residential style yeah. application where we had this uh, house on out in the, the lake here in Indy uh, that we sold, you know, many, a few years ago. And we had LED lighting that went around like a crown molding that mm-hmm. was designed in a theater. So yeah, that, I know I'm being, it sounds a little bougie, but I'm sorry <laughs> that it's just factual at this point. And then we had a screen that came down on the ceiling yes. and I wanted to like, I only kind of halfway built what I wanted out of it because I knew we weren't going to stay there forever. So it was one of those deals, Yeah, but I really wanted to like create a device or have some sort of automation built in that didn't, it wasn't like control four or I can't remember the other one, like all the different like home automation, like, stuff yeah. that people spend buku money on i wasn't looking for that i was looking for like my own diy yep. thing you know mm-hmm. there's actually kind of interesting like there's a lot of home automation like open source stuff in the development world if you want to get into that like that's out there but anyways that's we went on a tangent there but yeah i would love to tinker and build something guitar you know what? raspberry uh, pi thing whatever you know <laughs> you, i have a project that i've been meaning to i actually need to t- t- get with you and talk to you about whether this would be a possibility or not we have an issue in our house. Um, I bought a house back in January, right. and my deck—I don't have a backyard. It's just a slope, and then there's a deck. Okay. So like yeah. the deck is giant, but there's legit no yard. It's just hmm. all under the deck on a slope. Okay. And at the end of that slope, it's supposed to be drainage to the road. Right. But my neighbor, who decided that it would be a great idea to put a fence there, oh, completely yeah. has mangled the drainage system. Yeah. So it's getting I'm, caught in his fence or whatever, yeah. and diverting. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm fighting with HOA in the city about whose fault it is, but I had the idea of like some sort of like sensor controlled like flush system where like I could get like a Raspberry Pi with like a little dampness sensor and since once the water level had gotten to like because what happens is when it rains mm-hmm. like it floods to the point of like it's the Nile in my backyard and <laughs> mosquitoes lay their eggs. It's a bitch. It's oh, awful. That's horrible. No, it's, yeah, it's really, it's, it's actually a problem. We've been good for a while cause we haven't had terrible rain here and then yeah. it's been hot. So it's been going up, but in the fall and stuff, like it gets really bad and I, I'd like to figure it out in the city and, HOA don't seem to be very helpful, but yeah, there's there's several devices that are out there that are commercially available. I know of. We could probably test something. I yeah, mean, for sure. I think it would we be cool test. to. That's um, like along those same lines of yeah. just like yeah, I could go get a company to do it, yeah, but it, it would be fun to like no, try to figure that well, out. We might as well put a, a use case in place. I mean, we have. I'm getting ready to probably sign a a, a contract with uh, my devices, uh-huh. and they have like 450 sensors. Um, oh. So we're they're white label. You can't buy it mm-hmm. off the shelf at all, and it, you need an integrator like us to to use it. 
um, like our company, but, and that's something that, you know, we'll roll out over time, but like basically, um, we're taking a look at that and talking about, you know, what, what do we want to get into? Because there's, with 450 devices, you can imagine the commercial applications of yeah. all kinds of things from stuff that's in hospitals to stuff that's, um, I was going to say, uh, the one I'm interested in is like hotel, uh, panic buttons. Sorry. Yep. Brain farting there. Um, and then, you know, there's other, there's like other applications, crowd counting. There's like yep. different, just all kinds of stuff you can yeah. get with these things and water leak detection. Like it's mostly what I've seen is, you know, design around pipes or, you know, water management, yeah. water maintenance, those kinds of things that are in commercial buildings, especially the older ones where you might have a pipe leak and you want to do leak detection, you want to conserve and save water and all that kind of thing. But there's probably something outdoor. I'm really interested too to see what they have that's kind of in the agricultural space, uh-huh. which probably is more along what you're talking about. Because yeah. I could see agricultural companies worry about drainage dishes yep. that aren't draining, yep. you know, like that kind of thing. So it'd be interesting. That was uh, that was honestly like the root of why I thought like, I should ask Josh about this. Because mm-hmm. I knew like yeah. we've been talking more about like IoT and that kind of falls under that same yeah. like idea of like, okay, that could even be like some sort of like a proof of comms. Like, would this Absolutely. work? Could I manage yeah. the sensor in my backyard yep. to and deal with it, rain? And could it send a signal to our our device and our monitoring alerting yeah. system that we already have built in place that could tell somebody, hey, you need to do something. There's a problem forming yeah. or whatever. So, which is like a shameless self plug. I'm just like pushing the company agenda on this crazy podcast. Cool. <laughs> like, way. It's crazy. Cool. Either way, it's awesome. So awesome. It's it's awesome. Some of the That's stuff that we we're do. able like, to do, like without amazing. without sounding like I'm up our ass, is like yeah. It's just like we can do some really cool stuff. Like yeah. we can do stuff that when I was a kid, like if you would have told me, like I would have been yeah. like, "That's not a thing." Like yeah. you can't. It's be almost. Able to- it's the closest thing you ever get to wizardry and magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh-huh. that was that was a stupid joke, but it's true. But it, it, really it kind is of is true. true yeah. really, like, you're getting a noti- a like, push notification on your phone, basically, when like mm-hmm. when the water levels are dirty. Yeah. Or something crazy like that. Yep. Like, what are you talking yep. about? Now I remember getting- like. I mean, I'm not gonna go. You know, I'm not gonna give away no information. But, uh, <laughs> when, we, when we first were talking about, it, I remember you were uh, when we had the boards up there. Yep. You were you were drawing it out, and like, yeah. When I That's, like started, you know, like once that seed gets planted, of like, okay, so you're telling me like with all these sensors, we, we could track a whole process of a thing. Yep. yep. And like remotely, like that's so cool to me. Yeah, and not just that, but then put predictive analytics on top of it, which is not that hard. It sounds like a really daunting task, but it's really not. It's literally just taking, you know, a bunch of data points and putting it into an equation and figuring out the equation and then figuring out, hey, if we kept going this route, what would we get as a result? Um, Just linear prediction equation. And so that's, those are the kinds of things that are very valuable once you get enough data points and you can prove with a proof of concept what to expect. Yeah. And it's not really predicting the future, but it just gives another guided, you know, informed decision-making process to business owners that, you know, that's where our value really will shine. I think down the road is, is being able to create those kinds of analytics for people and giving them like the whole thing, you know, which is kind of what it's interesting to me because it's such a parallel to old school general IT, like being a, a CIO was a lot about that. It's about like just aggregating things because yeah. like, knowing a, a lot about, a, or excuse me, a little about a lot and gathering all that information and putting it in, into some picture that made sense. So I think that, um, 
I think that that's like kind of the future of the business. I think that that's where everything's going. Yeah. I mean, IT is very commoditized at this point. Um, but when you get into those analytics, that business intelligence, that's that's still kind of on the... It's becoming more common, at least in the space, that people are starting to pay attention and pay money towards it, where yeah. they, they weren't really doing that as much maybe five years ago in the medium-sized space, which is where what we're, our target clients are. But, you know, now... It's you know in the probably next five years it'll be required. You yeah. know you're you're not going to be able to survive as an IT company without having some of these capabilities in place. Yeah. So and I think that you know to me like then it's an IT it's an IT company's job to some extent to stay like a step ahead of the consumer. Yeah. Because you know as as people are going to I imagine in twenty years people are going to have a good idea of how to add a printer to their computer probably it'll I mean, probably or we will get to a point where that will be an easy enough process yeah to where you don't need someone <laughs> to teach you and yeah. get remote into the thing I, and i know the track record of microsoft and don't get me wrong i love a lot of Microsoft's products but i know what they do with that and it's it, the problem that you have with that in that specific example is that there's so many printers yeah. it's impossible for one company to aggregate them all and put a driver that just yeah. works. That's what sucks. But, you know, yeah, I mean, they've gotten better about it, I would say. But, yeah, who knows? You're right. Maybe maybe one day when there's no need for, like, the basics, maybe. But I don't think I don't think that's ever going to change because even in your generation, and I say you're, like, just, like, you're about 20 years younger than me, I've noticed the same trends that I saw in mine and I saw in my parents. And it's that you had technically minded people and you had a bunch of people that weren't. And most people aren't. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that that's just going to be the way it is. So. I am shocked at how many people I meet my age that are less yeah. tech inclined than I think. Because yeah. to some extent, like, I, I understand. I put i give a lot of people a lot of bail like if you didn't grow up with tech like a lot of the stuff is hard to grasp it's yeah. hard concepts yeah it's, it's like this easy. thing that you grew up with is no longer legit anymore now you got to learn this whole new thing yep. i have i have a lot of i give a lot of people a lot of leeway on not knowing tech but something is weird about when i meet people my age and younger and they don't understand how to use a computer and i'm like yeah. wait hold on it it's Who it's really you? right and it i mean it's it's common. I can tell you that's just normal. That's yeah. just the way humanity is, and that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, there's some people that are stewards of tech and some people that are stewards of being teachers or For sure. being whatever, or public safety, whatever. I mean, pick, pick a profession. But yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is with tech, it changes so dramatically. Yeah. And that that's the other part of the problem is uh, that and it's. I don't think it's a problem that's worth trying to solve. I think it's a problem that's just, worth noting that it'll always be there that you know you look at stuff like what's on the board over there we were talking about with one of our clients with aws and how we were trying to manage that connection and all those kinds of things trying to make sure you know we never see downtime or failure and that that was something that didn't even really exist i mean 10 years ago yeah like it was just in its infancy but now that AWS is what that is, is very common. And it's like the most widely adopted and used cloud-based solution for most things. So it's like, you know, in Azure and Google Cloud, I mean, they all have their own as well. And they're all very, they're all like really important now. Yeah. You know, and so it's very interesting to see how that, that's changed. And I'm curious, like, as we get into like 5G and then these smart devices come out online everywhere, like, people don't have, like, we don't have server power in this office to yeah. compute that amount of horsepower, but they will. Yeah. And they're going to keep growing it and it's only going to get more and more and more. So it's kind of interesting 
that you know yeah i didn't goes. i don't think i realized up until probably a couple years ago the cons what people meant when they were talking about the cloud yeah it was always such a, a file hosting thing yeah, to me yeah. that i didn't realize that like the concept of cloud compute. compute yeah and then i started learning more i remember i was watching a linus video mm-hmm. where they were going over like this huge data center right and that was like the moment i know this this is kind of weird like the it no, guy found good. out three years ago that there's a data center out there <laughs> it's all good <laughs> but like yeah like i i was like okay that's why so you just got this like farm of it's power crazy. and then you divvy it out yep. to all these clients that of course that's the way of the future yeah like that's no, no questions asked yeah like you think about it like even me and i've i've been doing this business for like call it 15 years at least or whatever i don't well, whatever i don't keep track that that closely but the point is is um I've done it long enough to know like when I need a phone or a laptop and like honestly it's getting to the point where I don't even need anything other than my phone yeah. to manage an entire business which is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> like that's really strange to me, you know. Um they don't get me wrong for anybody who is a client listening to this I always keep a laptop on me. So <laughs> you know, like I'm always available. But the point is is that you know when you you think about these things about cloud and mobility and those are your top priorities. And then to see it in action, like that's the part that blows my mind is what you're saying and kind of to your point, but like having that that ability to manage anything from anywhere in the planet, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, how can you even do that? Yeah. And then to do it from like a mini device, like I have a Surface laptop, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like... It's just a laptop. It's not like it's got amazing horsepower in it or anything yeah. like that, but it's powerful enough. And it, excuse me, it can go, I can remote into my entire cloud environment through that thing and literally make changes on the fly and fix things that are affecting, you know, in our case, it's we're smaller, so it's like 50 users' jobs. But yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if we have a connection go down, we got to handle that and yeah. we can literally make or break a connection. It's insane. The amount of power you really have yeah. when you think about it. And I don't really think about it that much except for podcasting. So, yeah, <laughs> you fair. know, like, but yeah, now I'm thinking about it's it. It's always so. moments like this where you start like, talking about wow, it to people that might not know it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, wait, hold on. This is actually, yep. this actually is kind of nuts. Now yeah. that I'm going back to it. Right. So no, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a fun rabbit hole to go down um, for yeah. our listeners. Hopefully, it's not too boring. But like we, that's what we do. I mean, we basically manage all those kinds of connections. And that's when you think about cloud mobility. You know, networks are the, how you get there. Obviously, duh. I mean, how else do you do it? But yeah, you know, especially in a business commercial climate, you know, that's that's where our, our real value is. Is like bringing that, making sure that that gateway to your stuff yeah. in the cloud is healthy. Yeah. robust, high av- highly available, secure, yeah. you know, those uh, items that you need to check off a checklist. So, And what's cool is like speaking to some of the people that might be hearing this and might not know, it's like a lot of our, a lot of the people that you serve not, may not know a lot right. of this information, but right. what's really cool about some of the tools we use and what we can do is it's like you can bring a dashboard to some, like from the, mm-hmm. some of these services yeah. we use where you can just show people like flat out, like, okay, here's everything. Yeah. 
and it's not laid out it's, super crazy. It's no. pretty easy to understand, and it's a great tool to be able to show someone yeah. just an idea of like, okay, this is your environment. This is what is yeah. actively happening right now. Yep. And I think it also gives people that may not... A lot of people don't even know that they're not watching an environment. They don't even know that the environment exists. Yeah. They just know that they have a device. They get on the internet, yep. and it works the yep. thing that they do. And so I think it's nice to be able to bring someone just a very clear-cut, hey, this is what it is. This is yes. what we need to be looking at. Yeah. This is what isn't being looking at. This is what is. And then creating a plan from that is, right. so, is so powerful. Yeah. And it's yep. something that anybody can really wrap their mind around yep and if they put enough effort into it or even if they don't want to you know it's like you guys manage that <laughs> <laughs> exactly well that you go deal with it because that's that's really what it comes down to is it's like right. okay you now have this information you now know you what are can, you gonna do with here it? it is what what's the next path are you right. gonna take care of it are we right. gonna take care of it yep. who's gonna take care of it because yep. at some point it has to get taken care of yep and a lot and of times it. it seems like the task is to show people that it is there to take care of right and, and, I, and that's you can't cool. just ignore it yeah you can't and you can't like eventually it especially isn't work. yeah especially when you're most businesses are you know, you can make the argument that a lot of the operational arts is like kind of a cost center, but it's all a revenue generating activity. Yeah. Like everything you're doing on, on your network, on your, in your business is a revenue generating thing. So why would you not try to make sure that that's robust and, you know, yeah. try to maximize its throughput if it's making yeah. you money? Well, cause it, <laughs> that's kind of the, the thing you know, for me. But. It's really the idea of like, okay, well, time is money. Mm-hmm. So downtime is less money. No, like we don't. There want you downtime. go. That's it. None. So minimizing None. downtime by by default is right. a revenue boosting right. thing. So it's you know it's just a matter of showing people that. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. I love. Um, so I, I love like the process of selling as it pertains to like <laughs> legit anything. Yeah. Like I think it's, it's so cool. cool. Like how. Because that's any anything to sell anything. It's a matter of explaining it to the person to the point where they can understand it, mm-hmm. and then showing, showing them the value that it adds. Right. And what that, pain you're solving? Because yeah. I think even like when I go get like my haircut, like yeah, I know like obviously everyone talks to the person, but I talk. I I like to understand like from the people like okay like have you ever had like what do you deal with as far as like the selling process of like okay how do you get the person to get the shampoo. Yeah. Like, that's interesting to me for some reason. Like, <laughs> what is the process there? Uh, then you're probably, you maybe you'll make a great salesperson. Because <laughs> I, I don't care about that at all. <laughs> I don't care enough about it I don't to know. do it. Yeah. But I like, it does intrigue me because it puts me into the mind of like, what would get me into the chair to wash my hair? Yeah. Because like, that, I see your point. That sell is such a hard sell to me. Because like, okay, right. you want me to pay you $15 to take a shower for me? Because I can, I can do that. I can, I can, I can shower myself. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I think, I think tech's pretty amazing. Um, I can't remember. I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole, and I was trying to come back up from the rabbit hole, and I can't think of where we were before. But maybe we shouldn't even worry about that. Austin, I don't know. First do five words that came to your head now. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, uh, okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> We were talking about logic earlier, and there you go. because you Five said words, I, I don't, I don't even know what you're. Man, stop! So right? You said, you said under go pressure. With it, go with it. You said under pressure. 
And uh, by the way, it's no pressure. I, uh, that only cl- <laughs> that only clicked in my head because that was like one of the only Logic songs I actually cared about. Was on right. one of his first albums called Under Pressure. I knew he had the Pressure albums. I don't know yeah. when he put them out. But then I went I went to look at it and I got really scared because I saw um, that in the album before that in 2019 he had a song with Eminem. Uh, just think about that yeah, for a second. I, Logic I, I and Eminem. It. I heard it. I have not. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had no comment. Didn't make a splash. Then, it's huh? um, it's it's 2019 Eminem, which is just a bad thing. Huh. With Logic, then uh, although okay, I'm gonna shoot Logic some bail because one, Joe Budden went really hard on Logic in his podcast, and I felt really bad for him. Wow, <laughs> like, I don't even hate Logic that much, um, honestly. Like, I don't like his voice. And it's a similar Wait, issue. Logic? Logic. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and it's a similar issue I have with a lot of white rappers is the the, the high pitchness of the voice oh, dude, doesn't why? doesn't go with the beats as well. Okay. And it can be Eminem is a is a is a difference because Dr. Dre saw that and created instrumentals that complemented the yeah, nasalness. Yeah. A lot of other white rappers don't do that. They try to rap on the same beats that don't necessarily complement their flow and voice. Hmm. Okay. Logic is, and I need to say this too, so I don't piss off everybody. Logic is biracial. He looks white. He is half black. I know okay. that. I, I want to make it very clear. I know, clear. I know, I know you guys him, yeah. but I know want to make sure it's very clear. I know that. I'm not just calling him a white guy. I know he's more than that. <laughs> okay. That is actually a major topic. That's something that he gets clowned on a lot for. Is oh, that, really? Uh, he talks about being biracial like a lot, like like a lot, like it's like every other song. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, obviously, there's some sort of expression. I mean, I, the, my reaction is kind of like, who cares? Like, yeah. either way, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but all right, but whatever. He just—I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. He's just kind of clowny. Huh. But he did have no ID. Um, is the executive producer of this new album, which I'm hearing is what? Uh, no pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure is the album. No ID is a prolific producer. Um, who specializes in sample-based beats, which is like that boom-bap okay. style that yeah, I'm obsessed yeah. with. Mm. So the album is those type of beats. And so, boom-bap, t- help me out and help people that might not know as well. That's like the 90s hip-hop style, 80s hip-hop kind of thing. Yeah, take, is that take, sort of the genre? So it's New York-style hip-hop. It's older New York-style. So it's, okay. it's sample-based. So what that means for anybody that doesn't know is let's say I heard an old song from earth wind and fire and i really liked the sound of the flutes in one part i might then take that part of the sound and the song and chop it up and then play that in my own way and that would be called chopping up a sample so boom bap is kind of like a mixture boom bap is more referring to the drums but it is kind of morphed into meaning melodic the, the melodies are built off samples okay. so you got these sample melodies they're kind of choppy and then you have these really thick hard drums that are very that aren't very busy it's a very spacey so you maybe got like kick snare kick snare kick snare like it's not a lot it's not like right. a whole lot of double drumming and stuff but right. it just it has like this swing to it so okay. it's a lot of like desync on the hi hats, and it creates a lot of uh, it creates this thing in your brain where your brain's trying to make sense of the beat. Okay. So the beat's kind of all messed cool. up, but the rapper's like writing it really well. And when that happens, that's when you get like your biggies, your Jay Z's, right, the ones that right. are revered to like the high level. They are were able to take a chaotic beat 
and put like order and rhyme to it and that, okay. that's really cool and i think yeah I logic is doing that, that on the neat. new album so i'll shoot him a little bit of bail that's cool yeah. I, I i definitely do want to check it out because like i didn't I don't actually hate him. I talk a lot of shit about him to you, at least, but I actually don't even hate him that much. Um, He's a good guy. Well, I, I'm talking more about his, his moral uh, turpitude his as music. well. I actually, yeah, I don't hate him at all. Like from what I've seen of him, I like pretty like most of it. I'm like, oh, okay, like you're just a dude. Like, yeah, cool. He just signed the single biggest awesome. Twitch agreement for really? a musician ever recently. Uh, it's in the hundred millions. So he retired as a rapper, and now he has a full Twitch deal. Hmm. Um, we play Call of Duty. Yes. <laughs> no, he does. He plays, he plays video I games. I love that because Logic comes. Logic is a is a nerd at heart. So nice. Logic hangs out with like nice. the Phase guys. Yeah. Logic skateboards. Logic is. I'd say Logic is less of a. He's got a cool name. I love the name Logic. Mm-hmm. He's I like a cool. That. He, the person. He's, is awesome. He yeah. is a, he, from what I understand, he's kind to everyone. He's never really had like a big scandal. Like everyone's cool with him. My only beef has always just been a purely musical, like a yeah preference, um, subjective thing. I'm excited a, to watch yeah. him stream though. I'm gonna give that a watch. Well, and I do gotta, I do gotta shout out like his first couple so albums. They were, they were pretty realized. good. Hey, I'm pretty boring too. Don't worry. I've said like, what I know five nothing words about this though. It's, it's, I feel like, like I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what's going on in the world. I have no uh, idea. His earlier albums, uh, Under Pressure, that I just made fun of you about, saying No Pressure, uh, he, had a, pressure. he had a song on there, All Right, with Big Sean. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, that was like one of the first rap songs. I grew up hating rap. I was like, rock only. Anyone who listens to rap <laughs> is an idiot, man. Uh. It doesn't have to be but, one or the other. But then it was, I remember hearing that song, and you showed me a lot of Drake and I remember just going yeah. home, and I was like, "I was wrong, man." But like, under pressure was really good. Um, and then after that, uh, 2015, he had the incredible true story, which Hudson and I, Hudson's my little brother, we bonded so hard over that mm-hmm. album. Like it was so good. Any any genre, any album in general, like where the theme is they're traveling through space, like mm-hmm. it's two dudes in a spaceship. You're I down. will eat it up. You know like, what that's called? If you ever want to look up more like it, it's what? called Space Odyssey albums. Yes. That's, so it, that's what those huh. are. He had a Space Odyssey album. He had a, a couple features in here, like nothing super notable that I'm looking through, but in, in the in the skits throughout the album when they're in the spaceship, it's it's uh, Logic. It's other, actually, it's not Logic, but it's this, this, this dude, and then the co-pilot is... Um, the I don't I forget his freaking name, but he uh, did a lot of voice acting in video games for the Uncharted series, a uh, bunch of other stuff. Um, I won't know it. But the the main one is the American dude in Call of Duty Zombies, Dempsey. Oh my god! So when he's talking, I all I hear is like KIA zombie. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, his um Under Pressure is considered, I think, a classic. People, people, people love that album. The first one, when he first came out, that's why he has so much success right now is because that first album was crazy. Because I heard, like, the freaking horns with, like, the the rap 808, like, the dramatic, like, horns and symphony sounds. I was like, holy, what is happening? I remember sitting in my basement, like, staring at the floor, just like, you can do this with music? Amazing. uh, I had the same feeling when I heard Section 80 by Kendrick. Mm -hmm. That was another album where, like, it mixed, like, trap with, like, 
brass and like strings mm. I and i was brass. blown i remember just being there sitting there like the 13 like music can sound like this <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> children yeah <laughs> you remember headphone beef in high school like headphone beef like like people would like make fun of you for wearing a certain kind of headphone people and it was always like the bad headphones were the cool ones like people wanted to wear like shit headphones uh, and be like yo oh, it this didn't is work great. with me though i wore like the skull candy remember skull candy okay. skull yeah, you wore the monster energy <laughs> headphones of course you got made fun of fucking stupid we walk around with my acid green headphones I, on and be I, like why why are you thinking i'm looking dumb dude I, you know it came back to bite me in the ass though because i ran them over on accident in my lawnmower and you know that's just what happens <laughs> <laughs> that's that's karma i guess i had a pair of monster dna headphones once around like black friday <laughs> you're gonna tell me i'm wearing monster headphones and you literally wore monster Wait, headphones. <laughs> i don't mean the different monster there's monster oh. energy and then there's monster cables okay this is monster oh. audio cables they made headphones after beasts so monster used to provide the cabling for beats by dre that's right that's that was right. like mm, a big that right. was a big distribution deal mm. when they split monster started making these headphones called the dnas and I, they looked cool but they sounded like shit i didn't know that's time but i went and bought them and within the first two hours of me having them i ran them over with a snowblower and crushed them <laughs> oh wow <laughs> No, I had a, it's, I don't know why, like, I would do that all the time, but, like, I had an, a favorite outfit. I had, like, these stupid acid green shoes. <laughs> I'd wear, like, black jeans, a stupid acid green hoodie, and then those stupid acid green headphones, and I remember my headphones fell off and, like, pulled, like, I was riding a ride mower. Headphones fell off, pulled my hoodie with it, mm -hmm. I ran over the headphones, and then the wire pulled my hoodie in and ran over my hoodie. So I, like, ruined two-thirds of my stupid acid green outfit in one go. All right, we're ending this podcast, but I need to leave you with one mental image of Austin in high oh, school. No. So, <laughs> so Austin, God help us. like is a doof i just want everyone to know that who doesn't know austin austin's a major goofball and growing up like austin was into like like blackville brides and like all the scene bands right. it was real lame but five it was finger cool. death punch but instead of like dressing like 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 the punk dude or dressing like you know like the outcast like austin would come in with like a normal shirt on these like purple pants with skulls on them was it, wasn't that right <laughs> well, they, were, they were brown pants with like a skull and crossbones i looked like a pirate there yeah. were also nice. these brown skinny jeans or no the no, purple like checkerboard yeah no 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 it's the purple ones you had these purple jeans and you just see austin coming i just want i want every listener to picture this on our way out of this podcast because after this it's going to be a hard stop i'm just going to explain this to you all right picture all right i want you to look up austin regula on linkedin first all right you're looking at him all right now picture this guy walking down the hallway acid green shoes purple pants <laughs> a five finger death punch shirt and acid nice. green headphones with fingerless gloves on have a great night